This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so excited to introduce to you today uh, a lady that I got to know very well during 2021 because I had the absolute honour and pleasure of actually finding her a new role but that's a total aside <laughs> as to what we're going to talk about today. To our wonderful community this is Katie McNichol and she's also known if you're over on Instagram as this sober girl. Welcome to you today Katie, how are you? Hi Leisha, I'm fine, thank you for having me, it's an honour. Well, it's an honour for me because you're an absolute pro when I watch your amazing TikTok. I mean, this woman is the TikTok queen on Instagram. For those who are not yet following you, which I'm presuming there's going to be a massive rush to Instagram to follow you now, but for those who aren't yet familiar with you and your brand, give us an intro as to what you do. So my name on Instagram, as you've, as you've said, is at the sober girl. I... I basically started blogging about sobriety when I was six months sober. So I stopped drinking when I was 24. And well, actually I started the Instagram page on my day one, which is the 13th of November, 2019. But really it was, I was anonymous on there and I just hid behind, like I had no pictures of myself on there or anything because I wasn't confident enough in my sobriety yet. So I was just sort of like, watching everyone else <laughs> and then when I was six months sober I sort of got the confidence to show my face on there and wanted to sort of share my story to help other younger people who wanted to stop drinking to help inspire and motivate them and then since then I've been posting sort of like publicly for about 18 months now and yeah, the page is just like grown and it's just an amazing community of people. Um, it's just my absolute passion, really. Yeah, and, and that's really obvious. I mean, you've got over 15,000 15, followers as we record this in at the start of 2022. And I think that's really interesting that you almost had it as a pseudonym at the start because was it, I guess, accountability that you started sharing it on, on Instagram? Is that what Yeah, definitely. So the first six months, it was more... Um, I was just curious about how other people lived sober uh, because I had no sober friends. I didn't know anybody of my age age or demographic uh, who was completely sober. I um, or had the same sort of quote unquote problem as me. I just didn't, I just, I just felt very lonely. So I just went on Instagram to sort of watch other people and get inspo. And then, and then after the six months, I started to post my face for like you say, accountability um and it really works because <laughs> I'm over two years sober now <laughs> that's amazing so at that point where you had that kind of crossover from being I guess anonymous to this is me this is actually Katie where were you in your in your career within recruitment because obviously our audience is predominantly recruitment professionals all over the globe and as they're listening to this now they might be thinking I, I'm keen to do the same and I guess we want to keep this a, a broad audience attraction but I think very specifically if it resonates even with one person 
we might have an impact on that person. So where were you in your career at this point when you were, were dabbling, I guess, with sobriety anonymously, but then wanting to make it more accountable? So actually, if we rewind a bit, so I started, I started working in recruitment in 2018 in, I think it was May or June 2018. And I... That, that same summer that I started working in recruitment was the first sober stint I ever did. Right. Part of the reason of that was personal reasons um, and sort of like to do with my drinking, but also because I thought I really want a clear head. And mm. I, kn I know, well, I've heard that recruitment is stressful, pressurised environment, target driven, um, and it was completely new to me. And I've actually always said... <laughs> Um, I'm never going to work in recruitment. I'm just never going to work in recruitment. Like you hear so many horror stories, don't you? I adore recruitment now, so it's just silly. But at the time, you know, this was like however many years ago, I was sort of, um, yeah, I was sort of um, influenced to go into recruitment by my family because they said to me, we think you'd be really good at sales basically. So go, go and do that. So I thought, right, okay. So I did actually my first three months of recruitment sober. Wow. Thank God. Because <laughs> if, you're, if you're new to recruitment, obviously you know how overwhelming it is and it's like information overload. So to, to, I look back now and I think I'm so grateful that I went in every Monday morning sharp as knowing like, I was, you know, I'd have great sleep. I was like on the ball, ready to learn. Like you're just like a sponge, aren't you? And you're exhausted, obviously mentally. Yeah. Um, so at the weekend, you know, I just slept and rested and went to the gym. And actually, after that first three months of recruitment, once I sort of had semi got my head around it, I went back drinking. And then it's interesting because at the time you don't think there's a correlation, but there really was. I all of a sudden had really bad anxiety about work. And I would like get in the car and I'd be like, like, you know, you get a really tight chest. And I've suffered with anxiety and depression in the past before uh, but specifically anxiety um, at that time was it was awful actually and um, but when it just becomes your day-to-day -day life you very much just accept the way that it is yeah. so when so I drank again for another 10 months um, surprisingly still did very well in recruitment um, so that was lucky but um, but then I actually, when I stopped again for my final day one, which like I said, was the 13th of November, 2019, I actually moved to Australia and worked in recruitment over there. So um, you'll know, Leisha, in early sobriety, your head is just like all over the place. Uh, so the only thing that I really was trying to just, I was just trying to get through the sort of day, to be honest. Um, and I did find though that work was like my kind of, safe place yeah because you're busy but you're busy and like in a pressurized environment but because you your head is clear enough to deal with those things you thrive yeah you do and like I was like making friends and like going out for lunches with people and you know like and, and obviously this is on the other side of the world in Australia on my own in early sobriety like I say it say it now and I'm just like wow I can't believe you did that but you know, you, you do, you, you, you experience these things and you get through it, but it, I'm so grateful for that. Um, because especially things like, you know, I was an experienced recruiter, but I did a completely different market yeah. in a completely different country, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like, a, it's like you've almost never done it before. You understand the process, but 
it's like completely brand new to you so so um so yeah I think going sober at that time was an absolute lifesaver for me and in recruitment terms so so given that you were in a different country totally isolated from you, you know your your core people because I know you're very close mm. to them and your, your family are adorable yeah. your, dad, your dad I hope has got his own page because he's a lot <laughs> um but I think I find this really interesting, this anxiety topic relating directly to alcohol, because I had a very similar experience to you, but for over a 20 year period where my anxiety was constant about things that were well within my control. And I realize now I'm, I'm almost five years sober. I very rarely get anxiety now at all. I mean, of course I have stress. I have stress levels. Yeah, of course. You can cope with the stress because you're more mindful of it and the physical things that happen in your body when you've been drinking directly affect how you react to things because everything in life is about how you react to something so I find that really fascinating so how was it during that period when you were so far away from your family and what you knew we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere the recruitment operating system Vincheri is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Well, this is what sobers are when I look back because as well when I worked in when I was working in Australia newly sober away from my, my, my family and friends and stuff then Covid came yeah. so then there was that stress on top of, as well and I actually had only worked over there for four weeks obviously I just got a four-year visa so I'd sold everything I owned at home starting this new life my sister lives in Australia so I was going to be with her like I went over there single I was like right new start and then four weeks later, COVID came and I had to get on the next plane home because the business that I worked for couldn't promise me job security, which is completely understandable. So I literally, within 24 hours of knowing that, my manager at the time, bless her, she walked me to the travel agent because I was like shaking um, just from the shock and stress of it all. And she like helped me book a flight home. I'd lived in a flat for six days and I lost thousands on the deposit. And then, like I say, I'd only lived in there for six days. Um, and then that, before I knew it, I was sat back at home thinking, what on earth? Like, what, what just happened? And I didn't drink. Oh, my God. And I think the only way I got through that, mm. when I say it in, like, 10 seconds, I'm like, it's not, you're not describing it as very stressful. But believe me, I was Googling symptoms of a nervous breakdown because I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. I was so, so stressed. Never experienced stress like it. Mm. And but the only way I got through that is because I wasn't drinking. I, I honestly do not know if, how, how I would have dealt with that situation if I was drinking because I heard this amazing quote once and I, and I always think about it, especially when I was in my early sobriety, is um, drinking alcohol is like pouring petrol 
on your on our anxiety like and it's so true it's just like it just sets it off it into uncontrollable flames like that's what it was like for me it was crippling at times so um I think once you sort of wrap your head around that you know alcohol equals anxiety it doesn't relax you that's mm. how it's marketed to us it relaxes you for 20 minutes max mm. um and then it's cortisol and adrenaline and you're uh, anxious so as long as you remember that um then I think you very quickly realize that actually it's not a remedy it's the cause actually it really is and I know that yeah. as you record this now and, and you know I'm mindful that I don't know how long your, your posts will stay on for but I know that you've you've um sort of talked about that about advertising specifically from alcohol manufacturers that they make it look sexy and glamorous and that it's going to make you feel amazing was it wonder I think they used the word wonder, wonder yeah and, and I, oh, I, I, I was wonder do you know that your audience talk out loud to you by the way when you share a post like that because I was like it makes you feel wonderfully fabulous for about five seconds and then you feel terrible so I think it I, I do think but I, it's interesting because I you know I wanted to just sort of put my experience as um, a very vocal sober recruiter out there because certainly and, and contextualize it in the within the pandemic because so many people jumped on alcohol when lockdown one happened particularly in the UK because everything was short so what else was there to do you know it was you know you see people sharing pictures of Prosecco in the garden whatever because it was sunny do you remember we had this heat well, we had this heat wave yeah. but it then had a climatic shift in people where they thought is this it then because it went on for so many months and actually you were either going down a very slippery slope to alcoholism or you had people, I had people approach me saying, I don't want to do this and go actually choosing the other extreme, which is of course sober life. So I, th I find it really interesting that it did have a, a real sort of disparity between how people felt about alcohol, certainly during a shared anxiety period of the pandemic. Cause I don't think any, anybody's ever gone through what we went through in 20, uh, 2020. Um, yeah. 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 Actually. So I think, I think it's really interesting. So, you know, you know, our audience is potentially a lot of people listening are at that influential stage in their career, which, you know, early career, they might've joined the, the recruitment sector, maybe even during the pandemic and it's something that I've talked quite vocally about that our industry seems to be wedded to alcohol and has been very historically I mean I'm, I'm going back 20 odd years that, that's how long I've been in recruitment for where you know we, we seem to use it to celebrate you know we have lunch clubs we have you know quarterly nights out we have rewards of massive bottles of Prosecco and I've always thought you know certainly the last few years why is that you know why don't we reward in different ways with experiences and I know you guys at four dollar into all your axe throwing and you, you're pretty good yeah. at stuff that isn't centered around just drinking you know that there's a lot of foodies in there and I think that's to me that's much more enjoyable to go out and have a great meal than just mm -hmm. a so trolley so if we've got a catchment of people that are listening who are sat there thinking I don't want to get pissed. I don't want to go on it. Or I'm, I'm going on this lunch club. I'm really excited, but they're going to be pouring Prosecco. What do I do? What would your advice be to those people specifically? I always say that honesty is the best policy because I, in four years, so I first very start when I first was sober curious, I was 20 years old. And for four years, I tried to get sober and it just wouldn't stick. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stick it out because I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being honest with myself, most importantly, but I also wasn't being honest with the people around me. Like it was always like a bit of a joke um, that in the end was 
incredibly not funny um, and dangerous actually. And I think that the more, if you work for a business and you feel like even if there's one person in that business that you feel like you can have an honest, open and supportive conversation, because it is a vulnerable thing to talk about, um, you know, especially if it's affecting you in other ways, like your mental health and things like that, it bleeds into other areas of your life, mm. um, which obviously is usually what causes people to, to want to stop. Because um, if it was just about the alcohol and having a little bit of a headache in the morning, then people just brush it off. But it's not that. It's so much more complex than that. Um, so if, if you have someone that you can talk to, please talk to them. And it doesn't have to be a big, heavy conversation. You know, like when I first started at forward role obviously I I you know I was already you know two years sober so I could I was very comfortable and confident in my sobriety so when I told Brian oh yeah I just don't drink it just sort of it's, it's who I am now so it's like you know take it or leave it I, I don't drink I'm not really bothered what people think but obviously when you are in early sobriety like when I moved to Australia I told my manager straight away and I was honestly one two three four five six I was maybe like six weeks sober at the time um, and she was so you will be surprised how supportive and how like amazed people are yeah. people and people are not people will not think that you're weird or all the things that you're thinking in your head do not come to fruition people are impressed people want to know how people like you're like a little like like celebrity like people are like oh wow like tell me your secrets and it's like yeah, you just don't drink alcohol. Like literally, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally that simple. Um, but you know, if you if you're able to have an open conversation with someone who will be your little ally, yeah. um, then that's really really important. You know, like at Forward Roll, they've been absolutely amazing because I think the biggest thing when you start drinking, you are worried that you're going to be an outcast, that you're going to be different to everybody else, you're not going to fit in, you're going to be lonely, you're going to be the weird one in the corner, the boring one. Yeah. But it's just not true alcohol Alicia I know you're the same because we've spoken about this before but alcohol dulled my personality yeah. like it, it alcohol made me boring and so when you go into sobriety you, you're set free um but like a forward role they've been so accommodating you know that alcohol free options and going out for nice dinners um and just nobody really making a big deal out of it and I think that's really? that's 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 but I think to get sober right now mm is different to it was 30 years ago. Now it is really, it's getting there, we're really getting there. We're at the start of this like sober revolution where young people, you can get sober. It's like going vegan or going vegetarian. Nobody thinks you're weird for doing that. People are just like, oh cool, Life, lifestyle choice, that's just what you do, great, let's move on. It's not a big deal. You're not a pariah. Yeah. And I think even, no, even, no, no, not at even all. five years ago, when I when I went sober five years ago, which mm. after a period of moderation, I moderated for ten months, which was basically social pressure. It was definitely peer pressure. It wasn't yeah. really wanted to continue to, to drink. Yeah. It was, you know, I realised now it probably would have been a massive shock to my system as well if I'd just suddenly gone cold turkey. Oh gosh, yeah. But I do I I think that a large part of feeling like you're a social pride actually comes from yourself because you think you go massively and actually the reality is most people don't care <laughs> honestly the best piece of advice I ever got from my dad was he he literally because I said to him oh my god you know like you do oh my god what are they gonna say and what are they gonna do and what if they think this and what if they say that and he went do you really think that people care about you as much as you care about you nobody cares like it's your ego nobody cares and I was just like 
ouch <laughs> but okay and it really changed my perspective but it's true it's the same if you're in a working environment obviously in, in a I'm very fortunate with forward role that we do have a lot of foodies you know as well people that want to do activities people that aren't big drinkers people that don't drink at all like myself and um, so I'm very fortunate but if you do work in a business that is actually saturated with alcohol it's very easy for me to say oh just have a conversation with someone but if you don't feel like you've got that like my best advice would actually be to just use all the tools that you would in daily life it's not different at work as it is in a social group of friends it's not different it's not different at all so just make sure that you have an escape route make sure that you can drive home or just tell them you've got plans the next day you don't want to be hungover you're on medication you're training for a marathon like there's so many reasons why people don't drink um you could just say you're allergic to it or you're doing a detox the, the, the great thing is as well, we're in this massive um, movement at the moment of health and well-being. If you said to somebody, I'm just doing a, a detox, they're like, all right, cool, good for you. There's no more questions asked. So I would, I would add to that scenario though, if it was a company that, if your employer is saturated in alcohol and you have got chosen this, I would suggest actually, and this isn't me with a rec to rec pattern, this is me as a human being, that there isn't a, a values match there and you might want to think about that long term because if all they want That is so true. Have, then we're not going to be yeah. around with anyway. So that's just as a little aside. I'm very mindful that, and I do agree with you, I think that there has been a real shift since the COVID, since COVID began, that we're more aware of our well-being, our mental health, and overall sort of health of, of ourselves, both physically and mentally, and how it all ties together. And, and it's talks about, and thank God for things like mental health and recruitment, shout out to Rhonda, and for people like Rhonda who are, are making sure that we're, we're taking ourselves more seriously, because if you are in recruitment for the long term, you do have to put your health and well-being at the forefront of that. And I think, for me, one of the pinnacles is about managing out how much alcohol you consume because there's no question that it does impact your performance there's no question about it athletes don't you know train for the olympics and get smashed the night before and that to me yeah. to arrive with your best performance every day you, sh you you need to be sharp you need to be creative you need to be able to remember things and, and you know be able to think intuitively and creatively and the best way to do that is to have a clear head so but there will be plenty of people listening who maybe don't want to give it up from a social point of view. So they want to moderate. So I want to be, you know, we're not being evangelical either of us. This is just, you know, you and I, we connected because I'm a rep, so I can, you know, you came recommended, but actually we've connected very much on a sober life sort of basis. Sobriety is a way of life for me. So what would, for those who are maybe looking to decrease the amount of alcohol they consume or just live a more balanced life, have you got some amazing top tips for us? which I realise will be generic. Okay, so I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote-unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space. 
and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Because I think it is important to talk about this, actually, because obviously I am a sober person. You are a sober person. We've made this decision for ourselves but everybody's journey is different like I started moderating I realized that didn't work for me I had to try it to figure out whether it did work for me or not and so I talk about this on my Instagram as well because I don't want it to be just people that are just completely teetotal but if you're just sick of being hungover or like you want to drive home then that's absolutely fine as well so I'm glad that you brought this up and yeah I think the advice for people who want to moderate it sounds so so silly but like literally as simple as don't order doubles order singles don't order a large glass of wine order a small with loads of ice and soda like change your drinks dilute your drinks you don't have to drink hard spirits or you know anything like that um or even um you know like cocktails things like that each cocktail you have swap it out for a mocktail like yeah personally I tried that it didn't work for me I have a brain that once I drink a certain amount I can't stop thinking about the next drink so for me moderation was just stressful (laughs) so I was just constantly thinking like I was just like oh my god my head's gonna fall off and for me it's all on the thing but those tips help if you want to drink or alcohol-free options are unbelievable if you don't want to drink alcohol at all because you're driving or whatever um the alcohol-free options even in only my two years of sobriety like I'm still a baby in my sobriety they are amazing like they are so amazing sometimes I have to double check that it's not alcohol um and then sometimes I think I get yeah I get paranoid yeah literally I'm like wait is that that, does that really say zero percent or does that say twelve percent because that can't be real um so yeah alcohol free options are absolutely great um and you can literally get them from anywhere now any any big supermarket they usually have a large sort of area next to the alcohol alcohol free options you can go online and there's loads of like smaller brands as well online or on instagram that are really creative and delicious um yeah some really innovative stuff coming up in that in that sector which is great but you do share quite a few, I think you, you've got collaborations that happen. I do watch those and think they're really cool. I mean, I personally didn't go down the alcohol-free drink uh, route. And even five years ago, like you say, it's only really been the last two years. It just wasn't an option for me. But I think your advice on sort of, you know, going from double to single, swapping your glass, large glass of wine for a small, or even having a soft drink, alcoholic drink and mm-hmm. rotating it, that could definitely work. Those are just really simple tips that actually mm-hmm. anyone could do. And I think it's... Yeah. I think it's more acceptable now to do that and to order alcohol. I think I've noticed it in my local supermarkets in good old Ramsbottom. Mm. They have got a whole section of non-alcoholic drinks, which has only just happened in the last couple of months. And I'm like, 
like a whole section yeah i know it's actually amazing it is so amazing yeah and also on that um sort of ordering singles not doubles and things like that those are really sort of um sneaky things you can do if you don't want to openly announce hello everyone i'm moderating my drinking you don't have to you know openly say that to your friends and family if you don't feel comfortable to yet if you just want to experiment yourself and see how you feel they're just really like low-key ways that you can do that so yeah i hope that they help so you are uh, you you have lots of events. You do an awful lot with yoga, and you are an amazing community. So have you got anything? I know you can't necessarily tell us specifically things, but is there anything we need to watch out for during twenty twenty two with this sober girl? Yes. So um, basically, there's talks of well, there's definitely going to be more events. Definitely, right. I started doing events last year after COVID. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we couldn't do sort of in person events, which was a shame. So. Last year I did a couple of events, uh, this over yoga, which is like a yoga session, coffee and cake, and everyone's chatting. It was so lovely. And then I did a Christmas party, which was amazing as well. Uh, so this year we're gonna do, yeah, a couple more things like that. Probably do a summer party, this over yoga. And then actually I may be starting a podcast, yeah. but that's just a May. That's just a May. That's just a May. I'm not sure. It's just in talks. With, with, yeah. Well, definitely. Yes, you, you have heard it here first, Lisha. There's a little exclusive for you. <laughs> and if ever you want a guest who happens to run around. Of course. So we're delighted to come on. You have been, as I, w- as I knew you would be, you have been honest, you've been funny, you've been pragmatic. And most of all, you've just been very real about your experience. You've, you've shared some real vulnerability with us, uh, Katie, and I, exp- I really appreciate that, as I'm sure our audience will. And th- what I like as well is that you just you don't preach you know this is just your experience and clearly over fifteen thousand people are inspired by you so we will make sure that everyone has the access to at this sober girl if you're over on instagram make sure you're following katie here on uh, linkedin as well and thank you so much for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast thank you so much for having me oh the wrong thing hang on <laughs>